Welcome back to Real Estate Investing Unscripted. I am Brendan Bennett, VP of Revenue at Fund That Flip. And with me is David Dugan, Regional Sales Director at Fund That Flip. We also have Dawson Gant. If you haven't listened to the last podcast yet, be sure to jump back and listen to Dawson's experience in the fix and flip world. He's going to give us 30 more minutes of his time and knowledge about how you can scale your business and other fun things to do outside of real estate. Dugan, if I may really quick, then I'll kick it over to you. Um, just to share with the listeners, so the the way we found Dawson originally, um, John Andrews, who's our, our president of the lending company, I think he ended up reaching out to Dawson, or Dawson, you got in touch with John somehow. I forget the the true origin story, but Dawson, the way that he built a relationship with Fund That Flip without even doing a deal with us, he said, hey, like I know these other investors that are doing you know, 5, 10, 20 plus deals a month in this area that I've wholesaled to, that I... You know, see, see, doing a lot of business, see him at the Rias. Why don't I pull all you guys together for a dinner and no, no skin in the game, just like let's see what happens. Like, John, let me add value to you and fund that flip immediately in a market that you guys are trying to grow. And like, Dawson actually helped introduce us to some pretty key people without us even doing a deal with them, right? So there was, there was no money exchange between the two of us. Dawson's like, hey, I want to build a really long lasting, healthy relationship with a lender because it's pivotal to my real estate business. Dawson helped us get something that we wanted without us even us having to ask for it. So I think just to put an example to what Dawson's talking about, like he he practices what he preaches, and that's the reason why we're sitting on this call, which I think is super cool. Kudos to you on that, Dawson, because I, Brendan, I think you can speak to this too, right? In our seats, uh, especially being on on the sales side of the business for a number of years. We've seen a lot of partnerships fail, right? And we've seen a lot of people want to enter these partnerships or latch on to certain individuals without adding any sort of value, right? Mm-hmm. They, they just want to jump in and, and be part of what they're doing and be along for the ride and collect a paycheck. And very few people actually approach it with a value add perspective of like, hey, look, I, I see what you're doing over there. I like what you're doing. I can't do that on my own, but here's one thing I can bring of value to you to help improve your business. And that's all I've heard you say, Dawson, over the last, you know, several minutes here about about, you know, the partnerships, maybe not direct partnerships in business, but like strategic partnerships in your businesses that um that have helped you succeed is like you're adding value to them and, and they're doing the same for you. So it's kinda like a yin and yang effect. Does that sound about right? If I yeah, I mean, I, I go into everything of saying like, "Hey, I'm going to do this for free with no expectation, right?" I didn't have an expectation from Fund That Flip, and I don't typically, but it's nice to have a favor owed, right? So, I mean, that's just how I go into it. I'm not expecting monetary compensation, but you know, down the line, I may need something, and I may pick them, pick up the phone, and say, "Hey, I could really use this back scratch." Remember when I helped you out? And if they say no, that's fine. I just won't help them out anymore. But I can well, yeah. provide value where I can for that. I was going to ask you earlier kind of what what you attributed to scaling so quickly because I think that's where we see a lot of people struggle as well. It's like they they hit that wall and they want to scale quickly and and then for whatever reason they can't do it, right? But if I'm attributing it to a few things in hearing you and you can correct me if I'm wrong, risk appetite is there for sure, yeah. right? Leveraging relationships around you and then kind of finding value add relationships both you are adding value to them and they're adding value to you i mean would you say those are among the top things that have helped you get to kind of ground floor to where you're at now yeah 100 percent. i think that uh those are the big three or big four um also being under like understanding there's a saying i think my dad said it to me originally is like take it behind the bar and put a bullet in it uh sometimes it's just it's better to just stop something right like there's a lot of mm-hmm. people that have really good ideas and they start one business and they're like oh i have to make this my billion dollar company it's just 
like not possible, right? Right. Uh, Sunk cost. Yeah, there's just no no way to do that, right? And and like if you're not, you know, don't have the ability to like let the pride and ego go away and just take it to the back of the bar and put a bullet in it, you're gonna get stuck on that one business when you could be, you know, owning several companies that that do take you there. So that's another big thing for me. Love it. Should should we touch on the the crypto stuff? I want to hear Dawson's perspective on that. Yeah, I think I think it'd be interesting. So. Dawson, probably like, I mean, a year ago, maybe a year and a half even, um, when you and I were talking about different deals that you were sending to fund that flip, we'd we'd have little, you know, side conversations about crypto. And I know you were you were super involved with it early on, all the drama with with FTX and then uh BlockFi, who's a, a place that I parked a little bit of of my crypto as of like two days ago, just went up uh belly up as well. So curious, what what do you think about the crypto space in general? Like how how are you positioning your money or have you already pulled it all out i've never made any money in crypto if the irs is looking (laughs) i've always lost money um no i think that so it's really tough because like coming from a real estate background you can always go touch your asset right i've got rentals that like i could go live in you know like i kicked the tenant out if i really need a place to live i could go live in that rental but uh there was an undeniable opportunity last two years because when people governments are printing money and these people like it's like legal gambling right like that's what crypto was and i think there's some really really phenomenal use cases uh for cryptocurrency i don't think we're there yet as a as a world but for two and a half years it was just legal gambling Mm. and it was gambling that you could you know not base off patrick mahomes throwing a good touchdown it was like off just twitter you know like i could go look at a crypto coin and say oh this is getting a million impressions a minute i can go dump money in this and it'll probably 10x and it's in a month right so yeah. it was very easy to track. So yeah, we we did some stuff and uh, made some some money. Lost it all, unfortunately. Sorry, FTX assured me. But uh, you know, I was fortunate to need to pull some money out yep. for some other projects, or or like it was sitting there that it wasn't really doing anything. So I didn't have a ton in, in in any of those exchanges. And you know, for me, there are a couple coins that you know I see just being like household coins that you know we've I've still got some money in. Yep. at this point it's like it's on sale even if it goes up to what it was 20 percent off a year ago i stand to make some money so i didn't pull it sure. all out i put some more into it but you know we are keeping you know i keep stuff in a hard wallet i don't try to put it on any exchanges anymore because of that that'd be um, smart but i think that it uh i think it really does show that hard assets trump you know like and that goes for the stock market too i'm not a big stock market guy because yeah. i don't have any control over it i like to have control i would rather make Fifty percent of the money by building a business that's like you know we yeah. I, got, I got licensed as a GC and now we have a rehab company that does residential remodels and like that prints money it doesn't print crypto crypto money but I also have a hard asset with market share and and people know my yeah. name so I yeah don't you, you you hear about people that are like you know I, I could mostly real estate investor like I could put this hundred grand in, into the stock market I could go up down sideways go to zero who knows. I can put a hundred grand into my rental property. Like I know I'm going to get higher rent. I know it's going to appreciate. I know it's, you know, it's going to ebb and flow as well. Like we're going through a cycle right now, but, um, you know, real estate's super unique in the sense that like, there's not many passive investments and real estate's not really that passive. I think that's been debunked plenty of times, but like you can immediately see the return on investment from the dollars that you put in. And that's, that's not always a one-to-one relationship with a lot of the other investment avenues. Well, and and the cool thing, like what I tell people about rentals, flips are cool because it's quick cash, but you lose all of it to taxes right. anyways. But rentals are a really good place to safeguard your wealth, right? Like you're not, I don't know anyone that is doing things correctly. 
uh, that's going to become a billionaire using their own money and not creating a fund by buying rentals, but you can already be a billionaire and buy a million dollars worth of real estate, and I guarantee you in two to three years it's worth more. Doesn't matter what market sure. we're in. If you're buying deals right, like, you know, the cool thing about us is we buy, like, you know, I just bought six units. We have loaned out with you guys for 120 grand total. I've got $80,000 yep. $80, into the remodel because I do it all in house on all six units. And I just got my appraisal back and it four of the six appraised at $300,000. Would I pay 300 grand for it? Hell no. But it just it happens and uh, people need somewhere to live. And like that's. Yeah. And that's. That's the advantage too. To um, you know, we talked about this a little bit before. Uh, your GC company, the, it there's so many different advantages, and like the biggest one is, you can afford to pay a little bit more on a property that's on the market or that's off market, and maybe you won't. Maybe you'd still negotiate it down, but you could because while like the investor, you know, rubbing elbows with you, might have to pay a hundred grand to renovate. Yeah. Your crew's going to do it for seventy, yeah. right? So you have additional margin, you have additional room, and I think this uh, this. Uh, especially plays into part when you're doing like the Burr method, if you were to, to back it out into a rental, because your cost base is so much lower that your ability to pull all the cash out is a little bit higher. And now you're able to recycle that cash. And it's all because you have that team in house. Yeah. And like a really good example is I, uh, I bought one rental 2020, maybe now, maybe it's been a year, maybe it's been two years. And, uh, as like a little, I want I don't want to call it a side mission cause it sounds like stupid, but as a side mission, I made it its own LLC. And I said, okay, I'm gonna use all this money from the refinance. I'm gonna pay myself back fully. And I'm gonna use the refinance and see how many units I can build this company to. Solely wow. doing, you know, refinance, buy another property, refinance, buy another property. And then I think it's two years. I'll give myself two years. That's up to 26 units. Wow. It's crazy. Hell a side quest. Same dollars in. Find good deal, refinance it, you know. And is it cash flowing a lot right now? No, not really, because rates are up. Uh, but you know, I think those twenty six units still bring in like seven to eight thousand dollars net net, which is not yeah bad. the equity too, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. bad, and I have no vacancy. You know, I'm buying in, in markets where like I'm not the most expensive. I'm not interested in renting a three hundred thousand dollar house out. I'm renting fifty thousand dollar units for seven fifty to nine fifty, and I don't ever have sure. a vacancy. Yeah. So along the uh, the lines of your construction company Dawson when we talked the other day you were telling Brendan and I some of the the stuff you're doing with that construction company just to to kind of keep them busy that's also driving revenue for you can you touch on that yeah so a big thing for me you know I did a bunch of flips then I got you know said oh I want to be the guy that's building million dollar mansions and the beach and do I regret that no do I wish I wouldn't have done it? Yes. Um, you know, we mm. still make money, but it's a lot of money to park. And so right. I kind of got burned, you know, by my first contractor because it was three and a half hours away. I, I trusted him and he wasn't doing the work. So I had to bring in another contractor. And that contractor is a really good dude. Uh, and he was like, dude, you need to go get your GC license. He was like, you know, you could do this. You're, you're pretty much managing the project. You're just really using my license and my expertise in the area. Go get your GC license so you don't have to pay me 17% of the cost, uh, which is still a good deal, but For regardless, sure. it, it sucked. So I did that and you know, we've been doing my own projects plus some, some new construction stuff around where I'm at now, but we get really, really good laborers, really good, really good skilled guys, HVAC trade guys. And the good thing is if you can keep them busy, they'll stay with you and they'll keep the prices low. So what we've started doing, so my foreman can make some more money and, and everybody can make more money is we started doing retail projects. We started doing yeah. that as like a, oh, we're just gonna do it to keep our guys busy. But then I realized, you know, what cost me fifteen thousand dollars to do in a kitchen, 
I can charge 40 for and I can make a $25,000 margin, right? Sure. Uh, after everything's said and done, you know, sometimes it's a little bit less than that, sometimes it's a little bit more than that, but you know, we're painting a couple of houses a week right now and making three grand a pop. You know, you, you paint five houses, you make 15 grand a week. That's not a bad little business. Yeah. So that's how it started and that's where it's at now. And now we have like four, four you know, duallys driving around with foremans doing doing client work and, and it's a good little, good little side hustle and good for, you know, to keep all my guys busy, right? So like, that's a big thing for me right now is like, once I started making a lot of money or, or money, I started, you know, changing my lifestyle. I started changing what I drove sure. and where I lived and all that stuff. But then I didn't really give enough opportunity to the guys that have been with me from ground zero. So now they have opportunity to change their lifestyle and make more money. So, you know, my foreman who's been with me for two years, he gets a profit share in that, you know, he takes 30% of everything we make, but I don't touch mm. the business. I sure. signed up the bank account. I got us credit cards. I got us a Lowe's account. He says, <laughs> Hey Dawson, take 25 grand this month for the account. You know, that's what we made. Sure. So, but now he has an opportunity to make way more money and uh, he'll be around forever with me because I put him in that position. Very cool. Dawson, I got a, f- I got a few more questions for you, then we'll get you out. But, um, so I think with you being so young and finding success so early, obviously like, you know, everyone thinks success happens overnight. It obviously doesn't even grinding for five years. You had some, some fortunate timing, but also some very deliberate effort strategy. People don't see your losses. They see you, they see your wins. Right. And that's, you know, everyone just thinks, you know, everything you do, you're, you're making a million bucks on my, my first question is more geared towards the 18 to 25 year old that's looking to get into real estate investing and see someone like yourself kind of operating at this scale. Um, not everyone's going to want to operate the scale that you do because it, you know, could be too intimidating to them. It, it, it might be too much for what they want to get into. Maybe they want it to be passive. What, what advice would you give to someone that's trying to get into your space and maybe not even young people, but even people that are all ages that are looking to do what you're doing at scale, at some level of scale? Yeah, I think, I think that, that that's a very profound statement. Not everybody wants to be where I'm at. And uh, that's true. So I, I, I'll hit on that, and then I'll go into what you, I think you should do. So like, you should make that decision, right? Like that's a that's a conscious decision you have to make. Two hundred fifty grand a year for some people is enough money to be cool. Like, I mean that that I don't spend more than two hundred fifty grand a year on my personal lifestyle. So like, I know that that's enough money to live a very, uh, albeit inflation, comfortable. It, it's a, it's comfortable, right? Maybe five hundred yeah. grand a year is really where it gets comfortable but my personal bills are like less than 20 grand a month. And that includes some cool cars and the nice house. But once you make that conscious decision, I think you have to understand the sacrifices that come with either one of those. I've missed out on a lot of family events, a lot of personal relationships. You know, people see me on social media and they're like, oh, this guy must have a ton of friends. I, I can tell you that I don't have one friend that I don't make money with. And that's not to say that all my friends make money with. I have a very select few guys Sure. that I hang out with because that's a sacrifice I have to make. I'm not interested in going to a bar with someone that provides no value. And, and as, as terrible as that sounds, like I've had people ask me like, hey, why do you answer my phone call? And, and it's a very blunt answer. Like you're, you either seem like you're going to value me someday or I see immediate value with talking to you. And if I don't, I don't answer your phone call. Uh, and that's, yep. that's a, you know, a difficult life to live at some points. But, you know, if you make that decision, it will to do that or, or even get into real estate investing at all. I think that people have to understand that like social media has really cursed all of us. You, <laughs> you, you can get on social media and look at a guy like me or go look at any other real estate guy and be like, Oh, they have a Lamborghini. Like I need that next year. That's just not possible. Right. Right. Yeah. So go ahead. I was going to say uh, what I'm hearing is like, looks awesome. Might not be for everybody. 
right? Like I, I kind of am a true believer in there's really no true solution. There's only trade-offs, right? So like the lifestyle that you worked really, really hard for, there's, there's a lot of trade-offs that come with that. And it works for you and you love it, but like there's some sacrifices you make. Yeah, and, and I think that understanding that like 99% of the stuff you see on social media is not overnight. And if they're saying it's overnight, they're trying to sell you a course or they don't own the things that they're taking in pictures in front of. Uh, you'll understand that like your journey is your journey, right? And you know, you may get, you may say, hey, yeah, I want to make 500 grand a year. I want to get into real estate investing. And then you get there and you want more. You, you're like, hey, I'm happy here. I think that the number one advice I tell everybody is take action and take action quick. And if you fail, you fail. Like all this shit, cryptocurrency can show you it's pretty much imaginary and not to scare my lenders, but you know, you can go bankrupt and figure it out. So like I kind of look at all of that and I'm like, you know, it'd be super humbling. And I would probably not show my face for a year, but I would come out the other end much, much more successful and have learned through it. Sure. So, you know, it makes the story. So understanding that and understanding that you are going to fail and that just is what it is uh, can be extremely beneficial. I, and I think that real estate is is there's always there's never a bad time to get into real estate. So mm. taking action as quick as possible and figuring it out. It's, it's been my motto and you know maybe the guy that plans for a year before buying his first rental will be better off but we'll see i don't know you know like for yeah. me i'd rather own 12 rentals and have messed up on two in the time it took the guy to do the first rental perfect because it's perfect, to me it's yeah. a race yeah yeah so i i think i know how you're going to respond to this question but i'm going to ask it anyway you've already achieved so much at such a young age like what what's the goal what's the vision like what is there's no finish line for, for guys like you, which I understand. It, it's con- continuously you're moving the goalpost out further and further as soon as you you reach it. What what does that look like for you, short term and you know Dawson at sixty? Like what what do you what do you imagine? Yeah, I, I so short term right for me is you know I, I've established myself enough to where I'm pretty much good, right? I can maintain my lifestyle for the next ten years and not make another dollar. So. What I'm really working hard to do, which I think will return me a larger ROI, is to build the guys around me, like mm. similar to the contracting thing, right? My, my foreman is now making 25 grand a month where he was making five grand a month with me just working for me. It's crazy. But I'm making an extra 50 grand a month. So if I can continue to do that to the guys around me, it should ROI to me as well. So I'm focused on that. We talk about, I talked about conscious decisions, right? I have no interest in being the next Elon or Musk. Elon Musk or Bezos, sorry. Uh, I have no interest in being that guy. I don't need trillions of dollars. My interest is, you know, 12 to $15 million a year and me not having to lift a finger. So I'm not there yep. yet. Uh, I'd like to be there in the next five years. And then uh, Dawson at 60, I couldn't tell you. You know, I, I, I know that I don't like to be bored. I, I took off Thursday and Friday for Thanksgiving and oh, I told everybody they could take off. Drove you crazy. I, I was at my office on Friday, you know, like <laughs> 6 a.m. I was at my office because I did family stuff on Thanksgiving and I thought it was, you know, terrible. So not, not terrible, but I just thought about all the things that I could have got done. And, uh, yeah. you know, I wanted to, to focus on that stuff. So yeah. I think that for me, having the option to not work is going to be cool at all, but I'll still find things that I want to do. And I think that I'll make more money doing the things I'm passionate about. Yep. Last question from me then, Dugan, I'll kick it over to you. You, you work your ass off. What, what do you do for fun? What, what are the hobbies that you do? What do you like to spend your money on? What's in that 20K budget a month? What, what do you like to do? Yeah. So uh, big things for me, vices. Everybody has vices. Uh, watches and cars. I spend my money on those two things and then travel. 
I don't try, I didn't take a trip for the first three years of my business. I mean, I was making 150, 200 grand a month and had never been to Mexico. So, you know, I'm traveling now. I'm going to go to Europe soon for my birthday in January, things like that, you know, but the big thing for me is cars and I've benefited enough to have the relationships I do. I'm able to make money when I buy these cars and have dealer relationships where I don't really lose money. Um, so, you know, I think last year or this year I've owned 13 or 14 cars, you know, my, my COO, I was texting them and saying, Hey, like I'm picking up this new McLaren at the end of the month. It's a brand new 2023. And he was like, well, that's your number six for the year. And I totally forgot about that. Right. So I'm in and out of cars. I don't really keep that many. I have a few that I keep, but, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to make money on all the car deals I do. So it doesn't really cost me anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the only two things I really spend money on. You know, I take care of my family. I take that give some money to my family members and, and you know things like that but uh other than that i don't really spend my money i'm dumping all my money into to new businesses and new ventures what's been your yeah. favorite car Ooh, that's tough i've got i've got a 992 <laughs> gt3 right now a porsche the new porsche just came out i think it's my favorite driving car ego reasons it's not that cool of a car it's not flashy enough for me which whatever <laughs> you spend half a million dollars on a car you want it to be flashy right so yeah. uh, and the 992 was not half a million dollars before someone in the comments says that i lied about the price <laughs> but you spend any type of money you wanted people to kind of know that uh i hadn't I've, I've got an aventador sv i want an svj that's what i want for my birthday in a month so i'm trying to figure out if i can complete a couple things i'm going to get that but yeah lamborghini and porsche are yeah. my big things i'm not a ferrari guy I had a G-Wagon, but my girlfriend drives it more than me, so that was a cool car, but I don't drive it anymore, so I got a Urus, stuff like that, but probably top three have been GT3, SV, and I had a twin-turbo Huracan that was like 2,000 horsepower, which was cool, too. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Sounds fun. <laughs> well, listen, man, we've had you for uh, almost an hour on here. I appreciate you carving out some time for us. We know you're busy. Um, I'll, I'll leave us with this. I think a lot of people look to their elders for you know advice and direction whether it's in life business whatever i think you're a a great example of uh looking at somebody that may be younger than you and seeing the successes that you had and and following in your footsteps and i also think you know you've got a really heavy risk appetite and a lot of people like i look at myself you know i'm in my mid-30s right got two kids got a family I, i don't have the risk appetite that that you do but i still think there's for somebody like myself a lot that, that we can learn from you and you know watching you from a distance and and you know the mistakes and successes you've had i think there's a ton that can be learned from that so i appreciate that yeah man appreciate you coming on appreciate uh, all the insights you've provided brendan dawson anything uh any parting words from you guys dawson if you just want a quick opportunity to, to plug any business ventures any you know ways for people to reach out to you yes floor is yours yeah, so I don't sell anything online, so there's no courses or anything like that. Please don't hit me up for that. But you can follow me on Instagram, Dawson Gant. Uh, it's just my first and last name. I post about my cars and uh, the occasional funny TikTok. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. I appreciate the time, and I, I'm you know grateful for the opportunity. I hope that you know something I said resonates with one person out there, and that you know one day I meet you and you can tell me, hey, like I built an empire off a sentence you told me. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm super grateful and I appreciate the fun that flip team drop my name to all your loan originators. Maybe they'll give me a dollar and fund my race cars. That's really all I have to say. <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, listen, uh, great stuff. Appreciate you, uh, you coming on with us for real estate investing unscripted and for Dawson and Brendan, I'm David Dugan. You can find us at fundthatflip.com. You can find us across all the social platforms 
and uh, we'll look forward to having you next time. Thanks. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by your friends at Fund That Flip and produced by Converso. Fund That Flip is here for real estate investors all over the U.S. We are the premier hard money lender connecting active investors to passive ones through crowdfunded loans in order to make real estate investing accessible to everyone. We believe providing transparency into our process as well as research and resources for investors at every stage, we can open up the world of REI to more people and help small businesses everywhere transform their communities and make an impact on their neighborhoods. Learn more at fundthatflip.com. Make sure to rate us and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube.